Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Gabe Polsky and Stephen Warshaw. We talked about their new film, Red Penguins. You're going to want to see this. It's it's a film that's uh, fun. It's political. It's it's kind of maddening. It's about the Cold War. It's about communism run amok. It's about cross cultural awareness and cross cultural effectiveness. It's about uh, it's about vodka, uh, surprisingly enough. And hopefully, we got a smile out of uh, Gabe and Stephen there. You're gonna you're gonna have a great time listening in on on some of the details, some of the the idiosyncratic like nature of putting this film together and getting it up on the screen. Uh, Red Penguins is a blast. It really is, and it's like any great film. It it goes deep and it's layered. And there's so much more going on than than actually meets the eye. We talk about nationalism, and optimism, and hope. This is about uh, this is about the future. It's about democracy. It's 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 about culture clashes and partnerships and trust. I mean, it, wow, I, right? There's a lot going on here. So listen in. You're going to have fun with the uh, interview for sure, and and way more fun with the movie Red Penguins. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing. You can buy a copy of my book Real Changes Incremental there and find out more about my speaking and so on. And also face to face live.ca. We are uh, growing and we've got a, 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 a great social media following. You can advertise with us. You can support us on Patreon. If you can't do that, you can always leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or one of those usual digital suspects. They're out there and we would really appreciate that. Sign up for the newsletter and uh, share it with your friends. And don't forget to rabble.ca. I also uh, am on that platform as well. News for the rest of us. You'll find writers and bloggers and podcasters and people talking about things that matter. Coming right up, Gabe Polsky, Stephen Warshaw, and Red Penguins at the Toronto International Film Festival. 
So welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a couple of very special guests here with me today. I've got uh, uh, Gabe Polsky and Stephen Warshaw. To uh, That's with a V, by the way, not a PH. And he's going to make it crystal clear as we get deeper into this interview. We're at the Toronto International Film Festival. We're here to talk about a film called Red Penguins. Guys, thanks for your time today. We're sitting around this big boardroom table at the National Film Board. How cool is that? Uh, well, we're just happy to be here. We're happy to be together. Or as the Russians say, Zaya Bis. You can look that one up. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to. Do you want to give us a little bit of a, 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 an idea? It's, of what? It's the Russian equivalent of fucking A. Fucking great. <laughs> there you yeah. go. So right out of the gate, we're right, we're right into it. First of all, I just want to say, guys, congratulations on the film. It is uh, so much fun. Um, it's uh, great music. Uh, I laughed out loud many times, but also deeply uh, political and, and, and has a real... Uh, I don't even know if I can say underlying tone because it's 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 kind of in your face in, in in many respects. Tell me a little bit about where Red Penguins begins, Gabe, and I'm imagining Stevens can interrupt whenever he feels yeah. loud. Yeah, so I, I was uh, you know promoting this film called Red Army, which was uh, you know at the time in the New York Film Festival. It's a story kind of of the rise and fall of the Soviet Union, told through the you know, the great kind of hockey dynasty of the Red Army team. And so when I was promoting it, uh, after one of the screenings, this crazy guy uh, came up to me after the screening, and it's Steve, and he's here. But And he said, you know, uh, this I love the movie, but, you know, I, I've got a crazy story even more more wild than, than this even. It's about this, you know, Red Army team in the 90s. And, and right away I was like, you know, it was the last thing I wanted to hear. You know, I just sort of made this, you know, this big movie. You know, obviously documentaries take a lot of time. And, and sort of the idea of doing going back into Russia and sort of specifically, you know, ho- ho- anything hockey-related was, was the last thing I wanted not, to do. Not high on your list. No, no. And so I, I kind of said, man, you're crazy. Like, why would you ever come up to me after after screening this and say you've got a b- better story and so anyways i did give him my address he asked for it and and uh you know after a number of months i i received you know a a, a huge box of uh material basically it's documentation videos pictures correspondence basically you know about this whole story um that happened in the 90s when after the soviet union collapsed uh you know the country was kind of in shambles, and this team, this Red Army team, uh, was bankrupt, and uh, the country was in really bad shape. And essentially, this team that was owned by the military and was the national pride of Russia had to go to its enemies, basically the United States, and 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 to save them. Um, and they found kind of uh, a willing participant in, in the Pittsburgh Penguins, the owner, Howard Baldwin, was sort of this eccentric guy that, that sort of got involved in a lot of different strange things. And, and he thought it would be a great idea to to invest in this in this team, the Red Army team. He thought that there was value, thought that they could get kind of an early look at, at you know, the young younger players coming out of Russia. Because at the time, the, the, the you know, all the great Russian players had already been taken by the NHL and basically they were playing there and so that's how so it was really seen as a as a way to make 
bags of cash. I mean, I think what was the yeah. line? Fill the building and make us some money, I believe, is the direct mm -hmm. quote, Stephen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I've heard the word eccentric now, strange and crazy. I'm not sure they were all in relation to you, but... Uh, That's good. Yeah, so, so as you stepped into this, how crazy did you think it was actually going to get with some, what is it, 35, 40 years ago? Oh, when, when 26, yeah, 26 years ago. And in retrospect, uh, to bring it into the, into the modern phase, it seems as crazy as Trump trying to buy Greenland, right. you know, us trying to buy a piece of the Red sure, Army team. Sure. It was really viewed by the Russians as, you know, blasphemy. How dare the Russians, right. the Americans, step in and try to run the greatest team that we've ever had. So, Cold War still yeah. hanging around in many respects. In fact, we could even probably have a pretty relevant conversation about the, 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 the latent effects of the Cold War today, never mind when you stepped into this story. Yeah, no, it was, it's all, the, the humor is gallows humor throughout the film. I mean, we were being followed by the mafia all the time. We were being watched. And um, I guess the only insurance policy that we got that we're not going to be killed um, came from one of the top mobsters, a Georgian mobster named Anzuri. Um, he ran a, a mafia group, the Cretias, they're called the Roofs, where they put a roof over your head to protect you. That's The mafia is called Krisha in Russia. Um, and I think that he sort of rested a lot of our fears. He came up to me at the Kremlin at, a, at the tennis party and said, I just wanted to let <laughs> you, you know. You realize how funny that is, right? He, is came, he came up to me at the Kremlin right. and at the tennis party. Right. Yeah, just that's funny. Kremlin right? open, yes. Yeah, yeah. And he said, I just want to let you know that you're safe in my country. Mm. And I said, why? And he said, because you're taking care of the young kids, the junior programs. You're bringing beautiful New Jerseys, equipment, sticks, everything for them. So that was basically our insurance policy. That so we there was this, this, sense of, this sense of pride, this sense of this is a national... It was kind of a form of nationalism in a way, right? This, these, it wasn't just about taking care of the young people. There was, there was more probably going on than meets the eye there. Yeah, I mean, you got to understand that we really were persona non grata coming in for the diehard the Soviets. They really wanted no part of us. And Gushin plays that role very well right, as the right. study communist, the old communist, Tikhonov. They, they looked at us askance, that we were crazy, and we had no business being there. And in retrospect, you know, that was the hardest part, was to try to win the hearts and minds of the real hockey people in Russia, which we never did. It's the kind of film when, when you get to the end and you sort of say, if 20% of this one is true, we're screwed. Right. Or, or we were at the time. Yeah, well, I mean, I just remember that we had our first press conference and we were trying to put a spin on the fact that the NHL had taken all of the best players, right. but that we had the best young players and that we were going to develop. And I referred to them as we have the young acorns to make the oak trees, like McGilney, Bure, Fedorov. Krutov, Larionov, Makarov, and I remember one of the journalists stood up and said, well, fuck your acorns, we want our oak trees back. Mm. And that was really the beginning when we started to understand that we were viewed as, you know, as a lumber company coming a clear cut of forest somewhere. You know? Very transactional, and, and, and clearly the enemy. I mean, near the end of the film, Gabe, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you, you know, mo it seems to me most decisions by, you know, we could talk about authorial intention, I suppose, but most decisions that a director makes and editor makes are very much about story. But the phrase comes out that, that, that America destroyed Russia. Is, is that connected sort of, is that a theme sort of throughout for you? Is that more of a, almost like a global kind of a statement if we can go go uh, all political rather quickly does that make yeah sense? i mean i think the phrase in the movie was that he was saying that, that the americans destroyed the soviet union 
and and uh, I think that yes, that there is sort of still this feeling that that we're, we're we're just basically competitors with them and trying to do everything we can to keep them down right um that some people a lot of people think that way there but you know i i do want to point out that in the 90s early 90s you know it was one of the only times in recent times where there was this sense of optimism and, and hope for the relationship between america and russia there was actually i mean i, I think everyone was was really kind of excited and and happy after the obviously after the collapse of the Soviet Union and sense of relief and what's going to happen and and that's why there was so much investment going into right. Russia in the early 90s I mean everyone was going there you know all the big companies advertisers you know trying to see what they could do and build the relationships and uh well, you know I'm- it wasn't it wasn't just I don't think it wasn't just right away antagonistic force right. i think those came in as soon as they realized that wow like americans are coming in and having success and kind of basically exploiting our resources and trying to make money but what about us i th- i f- is it, feel is like it, is this a film about capitalism run amok definitely that's one of the one of the plots i mean if you look at it it wasn't just americans it was really multinationals Everyone trying to cash in on this new economy. Sure. 150 million well, people. Well, yeah. Gabe, w- with optimism comes entrepreneurial spirit, right? right, right. Or at least maybe small E, maybe not capital E, but small E for sure. Yeah, and the, the, the problem was that the building was empty. The right. team had no money. Um, so imagine if the New York Yankees or the Toronto Blue Jays um, all of a sudden just said we're out of business. Right. Um, what, what would that do to the fan base? What would that do to the heart and soul of these communities? And basically, we came in trying to help them and save this great dynasty, this legendary franchise. So with that comes a little bit of uh, schadenfreude. I mean, if you think about it, um, they were actually rooting against us. It was weird. Our partners hmm. wanted us to fail because they didn't want the Americans to come in there and save them. They'd almost rather fail on their own than have Americans save them. So it's this weird, weird. But the but but the public, the public you, loved it. Yeah, they loved it. and yeah. They wanted it to. Yeah, right. They yeah. Wanted. I mean, the, the, we were a hit. Obviously, the fans loved it. There were scalpers in front of all all the games, and everything was sold out. The games were on Channel One, which is the biggest television network in the world. It reaches Israel. Also very funny, by the way, Channel yeah. One. Yeah, Channel One, yeah. the government yeah. channel, us thinking no television. And I remember that they were in the Middle East. They were in Asia. They were everywhere. And I remember that our games were only interrupted by Yeltsin during the Chechen War. Wow. That's how popular That's how imp- it became. Well, and how yeah. important it is, right? right. I mean, right. there is this sense of nationalism, it seems to me. With any great film, any great doc, any great story, there's so many layers. Uh, Gabe, what do you see on repeated viewings? What, what's coming out of the film for you, or Stephen, uh, that you didn't or weren't really aware of going in? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I really tried to focus on, you know, the sort of cultural peculiarities and differences between, uh, you know, U.S. and Russia and kind of behaviors and psychology. Um, because, you know, we, we read about Russia in the news every day that's sort of all these facts and, you know, allegations and and so on. But you don't really kind of understand, you know, the people and sort of 
the behaviors, why, the motivations, right. you know. And so I, so I really tried to kind of, you know, get new things, think behaviors that maybe people will will, will illuminate, you know their culture and sure. sort of how, how we interact, how we behave with each other and why there's this sort of difference, you know? Well, for, and for so me, I think people will be surprised by that. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, for me, there's a, there's a cross-cultural effectiveness or lack thereof mm -hmm. so apparent. I mean, isn't it, isn't it when, when you go into business with somebody or you start building a relationship, especially coming off the tail of something like the Cold War, I mean, don't you have to listen <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. there's not a whole lot of listening going on. Yeah, and there's not a lot me. of people actually going there, right? And sort right. of talking to actually understand the context. Yeah, what's happening there, and all the all the things that happen in context in the story and historically, all those little, you know, on the ground, what was happening and the, the revolutions going on on a daily basis. You know, the fact that you know. Economically, it was country was in a free fall. It went from from being everything state owned to try to to basically trying to privatize everything. And how quick how quickly the country was changing, and how difficult it must have been for mm -hmm. people to adjust so quickly. You know, I mean, think about if our if our country went from capitalism to communism overnight. You know, and sort of what what kind I of remember, adjustments people would have. I to remember do. a few years back, uh, some of the work I do is in international development. As a as a consultant, I worked in I won't name the country, and uh, it was post communist uh, country, and all of the sewer grates were missing. Hmm. So in the middle of the night, no lights on the street. I mean, there would be just because the the, the metal, the steel, right. was a commodity, and people yeah. were stealing windows from factories and ball bearing factories. Mm -hmm. And so you'd drive through the desert, and you'd see these shells of buildings off in the distance. And I just sort of, as you were talking about that, it just how 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 kind of crazy is not the right word. Yeah. Maybe complicated's better yeah. or difficult. Like you, I think it was you, Stephen, at one point that said there, there just weren't any laws. Yeah, no laws. Wild, wild, no no law enforcement. So I mean. Wild like the, first of all, first of all, yeah, there was no money to pay for law right, enforcement. Right. So what are these guys going to do? You know, how, how do how do you keep order? How does a society? It's I don't even it's know. E how, it's what, easy to play the corruption card, yeah. right? But when you're in the middle of it, it seems to me like it's a different story. Yeah, I think. But culturally, I think is that what you've captured in the film beautifully is that it was a culture clash, you know, between our societies. And um, it, if you know anything about Russian history you know that the image of America on television and in their media was always that if you look at America, it's just everyone's drunk and killing each other. That's basically what was on television. And the kids were raised as young pioneers to salute the Soviet state, and then America was evil. Um, so it was really, you know, for us, it was really difficult culturally. I, I studied cultural anthropology in college, so it actually helped me <laughs> immensely. As, as a marketer or yeah, just as, as a, a human being? Yeah, no, both? we had to be very sensitive to, yeah. uh, to what they were interested in. I mean, I remember one thing. It's not even in history what you do. It's what you don't do. Right. And I remember my partner, Victor Gusev, who was in the film and plays a major role in our success. Um, it was, there was a time in America where it was very popular to go to a sporting event, and you'd see that it was called Dash for Cash. And you'd see they would litter the ice rink with 20s, 10s, 5s, and they'd give contestants out of the stands three minutes to collect as much money as they could. And I said, oh, that would be funny. We should do that here since everyone's poor. And Victor Gustav said, don't, because the last thing you want to see is the image of Russians crawling on their knees for the American dollar. Right. 
So it was, it, we learned what not to do also. It wasn't just all the glitter and glamour and fireworks and strippers did, and free did, beer. Did yeah. you have a well-articulated strategy? We did. No, we've, we definitely did. I mean, we didn't go in there. Can, can I see that PowerPoint, Stephen? <laughs> I have a book this thick. Yes, actually, you, I'll share that document with That's you. That's right. Um, it's actually it's so old, it's not even on a computer. i got to scan did that the, uh, yeah. Did the bears... Walking the bears around the ice was that was that a part of the strategy? I just I just no that actually I'll tell you that was that was a um, spur of the moment decision. They they brought in these animals for some sort of circus act. That's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just I met the uh, the trainer. It was this dynamic young woman, and we started talking about all the weird things that the bears could do. And I knew I had to appease my beer sponsor, which was. (laughs) Looking for something interesting, and so I said, "Can the bears serve beer and drink it?" Yeah. So, and did this said, really yeah. happen, or did you guys just stage this whole thing? Like, it's just right. It's like when, yeah. when's the actual fiction? Like the moon landing. Come out, yeah, right? the moon landing. Yeah, it was all happen. fake. Yeah, this didn't never happen. happened. Red right? penguins. Yeah. They didn't exist. Never happened. But the, the no. funny thing is, is that, is that this is an unknown, pretty yeah, much unknown sure. story. Yeah. You know, that that's that's what's going to be really fun sharing with people because it is so crazy and dynamic that i think people say how did i not know about this you know how much how much fun did you have in the editing room i had and, a lot and, of fun and with the music did you the music when people ask that question sometimes i don't know how to answer because you know i think with documentaries i don't know what other directors experience but it's difficult you know sure. really, really yeah. difficult but yeah i mean because it was so much craziness and there is a lot of stuff to chew on you know it's not just one crazy thing after another although it is but it actually says something you know and about you know the cultures and what what am i actually trying to say that was fun to kind of try and weave and bob and weave and you know through through historical events as well and you know there's just you know a lot going on but being able to do it in a way that people can actually like digest it what's so interesting and amazing about this and again i'm going to say congrats on on the film and i hope everybody gets to see it but is it so much fun you get to see the the lessons in cross-cultural effectiveness and aware like some really serious stuff going on here we can talk about nationalism and politics and and yet we've got strippers in the basement right <laughs> i mean like right. there's this really it's just bizarre i mean it's it's capitalism run amok i think i think who who was it that said this was just a big science experiment in a, a petri dish was yeah, that? Steve. Yeah. Like there you go nice. sounds like something yeah, you'd say yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, imagine West Side Story. This was East Side Story. This right, was, right. You know, um, I think Gabe has captured the Sharks versus Jets mentality. You mm. know, it, 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 we had a love affair. I mean, we really did. We all fell in love with the Russian culture. Um, the people in Russia were very warm and open to change. It was just the government and the official, you know, the, the officials that were running the show um, because the general population really, really loved what we were doing. We were actually taking them out of their doldrums and their awful existence. And for three hours a night, they could just go have fun. And that's really what we tried to do is to create this environment to escape the madness that they were in. And and to take Gabe's point, it was a foreign language, capitalism. It was no one spoke the language of business. Um, And those that did made a fortune. Well, isn't there a lesson here, too, just the whole idea of exporting democracy? Like this idea that it's going just that what that what works here is going to work everywhere else, and I mean, isn't that like it seems I, we, like something we think is true? We we were apolitical in our hockey, though. I mean, there, our perception is another story, but we really 
we did not play the political cards. Um, right. And that was not our goal. We were not there to proselytize or to turn. Right, right. I mean, we were there to just give give the fans their may, money's may, worth. Maybe, it. maybe, maybe it's about the exportation of capitalism, that, that it's going to work in every other culture, that it's going to work in Mongolia, that it's going to work well in Burkina Faso, that it's going to work mm-hmm. well in Cambodia, and so on. That maybe it's about, you know, and maybe that's another, for, for me, I think it was certainly uh, another message of the film. What about trust? I mean, how, do you, how did you trust anyone? I mean, trust comes up a couple of times. We had partners we didn't trust, right? I mean, isn't that, I mean, fundamental to any relationship, to, to, to building a business? <laughs> yeah, we talk about it. It's, this is very much like a love affair that we had that went bad, where you put all your blood, sweat, and tears, your trust into your lover, and then you find out that they've been cheating on you. The, so. the, 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 the moment that you capture about the, uh, I believe it's the, the, the Nike logo being basically chiseled out of the ice and replaced, and the reason was because it's our team, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, no, actually yeah. shooting themselves yeah. in the foot from yeah. an economic sort of perspective. It just shows you kind of the yeah, madness the, of it the, all. The pride and the ego and, you know, the, after, you know, the Americans were having a lot of success and... I think, yeah, they they just got a little bit upset and wanted to show that look, it's this isn't your team, you know, and so that's when the problem started. To, to you know, Russia is based on power. I mean, that's uh, Putin. He's a he's a monarch. He, you know, he's there. So they they respond to power. Russia. They've always whether it's the Bolsheviks, the communists, the KGB, Putin. Power rules that country. So the act of ripping out the Nike logo on the eve of when all the multinational executives were coming in just to watch this one game um, was their statement of saying, you know, hey, basically, we, this is our country. We'll do what we want to do here, even if they're hurting themselves. I mean, that was the, that was the craziest part, almost like a little kid that, you know, you don't touch that stove, don't touch. Right. And then they touch the stove and they burn themselves. And, you know, and they don't want to hear from you. They don't want to hear, we told you not to touch the stove. I think it was one of the Western investors who said, I can't remember, Howard maybe, something about when, when people invest serious money, um, interesting parts of their characters come out. And that sure sure comes out in uh, out in the film. We're probably going to wrap it up here in a couple minutes. What about the? Um, can you talk a little bit about the prophetic edge of this? I mean, this is about greed. It's about fear. It's about control. Uh, any any other sort of um, um, uh, immediate things, thematic things that come to mind? Uh, if I was to pull up BBC's homepage today, how many correlations could we make there, Gabe? Oh yeah, I mean. That that's a there there's just there is a I'm I'm trying to think Steve you can help me out here. Yeah. I, there's good. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just saying to me it was the ultimate it was the ultimate uh, culture clash and you know I don't know if anybody someone recently asked me was there a hero in this film and I said no because mm. if there was a hero they would have saved the joint venture mm. and you know long before the Yankees had their joint venture with Manchester United and the Red Sox with Liverpool. We were the young pioneers. We were the, the Lewis and Clark, and unfortunately, we were a little too early. And, um, you know, I just think that at that time... Ahead of your time. Yeah, there was just too much animosity towards America. That We, in fact, were blamed for the dissolution could, of... Could this work today as a business deal? <laughs> Look at the smile. <laughs> um, I, I don't think so, you know. Yeah. Um, 
just with all that's going on in the world, we're back to trust. We're back to relationship. Yeah, exactly. And just the way, I mean, there's, if, if you look Russia now, there's just not a lot of American activity there. You know, I think most, most people, most people have left, you know, and I think a lot of it's just domestic there for similar reasons, you know, that I think once someone gets kind of too powerful, successful, it just, it becomes impossible to, to continue, you know. I think the most important question, though, is, is everybody really drunk in Russia? <laughs> that is the most important question. I think, um, I mean, I, no, no, I, okay, I, I look, 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 but I, I should have back then, back then, the mortality glasses. rate was, like, epically low, yeah, like, sure. what 50s, was it, 50s? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was 50s. insane there, ever, and, and I think now it's a lot higher, so I think, yeah, they still are drunk, but not, you <laughs> know. Mean, but so are as Americans too. Yeah, I mean, we're we're all absolutely. we drink. It's a, it's it's also a metaphor for something. Yeah. And I apologize yeah. for not bringing some great chilled yeah, gray goose and a couple I'm gonna of I'm going to try and bring some to the premiere. Yeah, you tonight, should. So. You so should. By the way, the Russian vodka is as strong and brutal as their leaders too. I mean, Russian vodka is very strong, not easy to drink. Thanks so much, guys. I mean, I feel like we're just getting started. We, we've been talking to Stephen Warshaw and Gabe Polsky about their new brilliant, fun, uh, political, and maddening film, Red Penguins. Thanks, guys, for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dick. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.